Welcome to Frankly Speaking About Family Medicine, a CME podcast series where each week we translate today's late-breaking clinical research and news into tomorrow's practice. I'm Frank Domino, professor in the Department of Family Medicine and Community Health at the University of Massachusetts Medical School and editor-in-chief of the 5-Minute Clinical Consult series. Be sure to visit primed.com podcast after the discussion for more information about today's article and to claim CME-CE credit. Mary is a 19-year-old woman who comes in today feeling tired. She missed her period and she's worried she might be pregnant. Urine HCG in your office today is positive, and when you tell her, she tells you that she's decided she wants to keep the pregnancy. There are some worries. Her boyfriend, the father of the baby, is supportive of this decision, but he's in college and has little extra time. Additionally, her mom, who is less supportive of this decision, lives a few towns away can only, and can only travel by bus, so her support systems are limited. After evaluating Mary, you find out that her last menstrual period was about seven weeks ago, and you help her get established with a local obstetrician to provide care. Considering Mary's history and the challenges that lay ahead, how are we going to support her to have a healthy outcome to this pregnancy for both her and her baby? Hi, this is Frank Domino, professor in the Department of Family Medicine and Community Health at the University of Massachusetts Medical School. Joining me today is Susan Feeney, assistant professor and program coordinator for the Family Nurse Practitioner Program Tract at the University of Massachusetts Medical School's Graduate School of Nursing. Hi, Susan. Hi, Frank. So um, Mary's got a lot of issues going yeah. on here and not a lot of support. Yeah. Um, the U.S. Preventive Services Task Force recently gave us some recommendations that might be able to help her. What do they say? They, they did, and they gave it a level B, which is pretty profound for them, high certainty that it will be, be uh, helpful. And what they said is that due to the potential harms of depression on mom, on the fetus, and on the baby, that um, they recommend that any woman in the perinatal or postpartum period that have one or more risk factors for depression should be referred for counseling or, or other types of intervention. And a diagnosis of depression does not need to be present. So, so this it's is pretty, pretty profound. So it's just the risk factors. Correct. What are those risk factors? The risk factors are either a past history of depression, current depressive symptoms, and they're very clear to say it doesn't need to be diagnostic level. So it could be two. They might have a positive you know, PHQ-2, but not the full nine. Um, that they have certain socioeconomic risk factors, low income, um, they're adolescent, they're single parent. Um, if there's any history of recent infant partner violence or any sort of abuse in their past, um, if they have um, you know, any sort of mental health related f factors such as they're feeling anxious. And, and they also make a point of negative life events. So I'm thinking about Mary. You know, she's got a lot of stress. Her mom's not really supportive. Um, she's not, and her boyfriend's not going to be living near her. And so really any sort of adverse child events that they may have uh, had would put her at risk. And it's what they say is one or more of these are risk factors for uh, a woman to develop depression during perinatal and postpartum. And per perinatal is anywhere from conception through delivery, and postpartum is the first year uh, after delivery. So it sounds like Mary has more than a few she risk factors. She does, So yes. uh, what kind of therapies are they recommending we refer them to? Well, they are recommending um, either cognitive behavior therapy, interpersonal therapies, 
um, and or some type of a health system therapy, like a group uh, program with with uh, young young mothers or mothers who might be at risk for depression. And cognitive behavior therapy is um, a very popular therapy. And what it basically does is it helps the person recognize what they call maladaptive thinking or negative thinking to help them understand what their triggers are and try to help them reprogram, if you will, or rethink about thoughts so that they're trying to put them in a more positive, more functional way. Um, interpersonal is more um, you know, one-on-one therapy where there's a lot of exploratory uh, kind of discussion. So it sounds like you're depressed to me, Mary, or you, that sounds like it, ups- it, it may be upsetting to you. Tell me more about it. So either one of those have shown to be beneficial uh, as well as the other types of programs that they mentioned. I know I've had um, uh, a number of patients with pretty severe postpartum depression, and nothing has scared me more. Yes. I mean, so people who are suicidal say things, but moms in particular who are postpartumly depressed, uh, the, the welfare of themselves as well as the child keeps me up at night. It's, it's really true. And what's sort of uh, kind of really very wonderful about this recommendation is it's saying that once we've got diagnostic criteria of depression, it may be too late. So in other words, let's be proactive because you know as well as I do, trying to get someone into a counseling program can take weeks. So if we, we get, if we have, Mary, Mary is seven weeks, we get her into, we refer her, and let's say she doesn't get into a program until 26 weeks, they're saying that that actually can still be beneficial. Well, I like the fact that groups also work, and I love the fact that the U.S. Preventive Services Task Force has taken the stand because that'll make the opportunity for insurance companies to help pay for this much greater. Right, and, and we know that the risk factors of depression in pregnancy is associated with preterm birth, small gestational age, babies, um, again, suicidal thoughts, and then postpartum, it interferes with, you know, um, bonding and positive behaviors between mom and baby, and it's associated with failure to thrive. So there's a real risk for, for women, and one in seven women in the United States suffer from some form of depression uh, during perinatal or postpartum. So it's not insignificant. Not at all. So um, to make this recommendation, they must have had some strong data. What did they find? Um, well, they looked at, uh, they did a, an integrative uh, meta-analysis of, of um, basically screening during pregnancy and these various types of interventions and found them to be effective. To get, to, for them to get a, a recommendation of B, um, they found overwhelming evidence that um, it was beneficial and almost no harm to screening and referral. It's, it's fantastic when you think about an intervention that has only upsides and has no harm, with, with the small exception of the cost, which right. we know preventing this is far less expensive and far more beneficial than treating it once, once you've gone down that path. Right. Uh, I'm curious, what are we going to say to Mary today? How are we going to convince her? Many people are resistant to going for, for, for counseling, and in her case, she's feeling tired, but she may not realize her other risk factors of having uh, living alone, not having support in the area, and be, uh, you know, right. in, in, her, in her socioeconomic status. Well, I think the way I'd start is, first of all, to reassure her that the fatigue is very common in early pregnancy, and that... Um, I want to really help her to be successful and to feel good about the pregnancy and have it as healthy as possible and to also support her in postpartum. And I think what I would say to her is, um, you know, 
you, your boyfriend's supportive, but he's not here. Your mom may not be able to help you. So let's see about getting you into a program where you can get the emotional support and, and things, you know, help you be a healthy pregnant mom and a healthy mom and um, look into programs. And as we hand her off to OB, that again, that has to be communicated with the obstetrician is that we have, we've determined, and hopefully they'll be doing the same screening, but we've determined she's got risk. Let's work together to find a successful program. And I think if you approach it that way, as opposed to you're at risk for depression and we want to intervene, I think it's more like we want to help you be successful. Good for you. You know, you want to have this baby. Let's help you in any way we can. We know these things can really help you be happy and successful as a mom. It does seem that um, practices that perform obstetrics should probably think about those group sessions as exactly. as a very reasonable tool to start integrating into their care and make it a standard of care. Right, because it not you know sometimes you look at this and even though it says low socioeconomic factors can be a risk, you can have people in affluent uh, communities who have some of these risk factors, and they may not be picked up. So, I mean, I think it's something that really needs to be picked up by anyone who's working with women who are considering pregnancy or have, are currently pregnant. I think that one in seven is a really strong statistic, yes. and we need, to, we need to make this an important part of our prenatal, perinatal, and postpartum care. Yes, I agree. Susan, thanks so much. This is wonderful. Thank you. Practice pointer. Women with increased risk of depression associated with pregnancy, even simple things like low socioeconomic status, being young or single, benefit from referral to counseling to prevent the risk of postpartum depression. Join us next time when we talk about the questionable need of liver function testing when treating dermatophyte infections. Thank you for listening to Frankly Speaking About Family Medicine, brought to you by PrimeMed. To claim credit and receive additional information about the article referenced in today's episode, visit primemed.com slash podcast, and see you next week.